everybody, and welcome along to episode number 91 of the Hunger for the Hustle podcast. You may notice that I did get some of the numbers and the graphics mixed up, but don't worry about that. This is officially episode 91, and I officially have Kerry Shepherd on the show. Welcome, Kerry. How are you? I am good. How are you, Jake? I'm doing great, thank you. And Kerry is joining me from Texas. Are you originally from? Texas, Kerry? Uh, no, I'm actually from uh, the, the Northwest and uh, made my way all down California and eventually over here to Texas. So, yeah. Did, did you stay in Texas to, so you don't have to pay tax? <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, they yeah. say if you're not from Texas, just get here as quick as you can. So everything's <laughs> bigger and better in Texas. So <laughs> Bigger and better, yeah. That's exactly right. Now, Kerry is a teacher, speaker, mentor, and freedom coach whose passion is helping other people identify where they are stuck and work on where they need to cross over into their destiny so they can create the life that they were created to live. Love that, Kerry. Yeah. Freedom coach. It's a fantastic, mm -hmm. fantastic title to have. Mm -hmm. Tell us a bit more about how that came to be. Sure. Well, that's sort of part of my story. Um, as a young person, even late high school, early college, I have always been um, passionate about transformation, would read transformation stories, just loved the idea of changing the world one person at a time. And, and so for me as a young adult, that meant uh, I equated that with counseling psychology. And so I went and got a bachelor's degree and then a master's degree in marriage, family and child counseling. And, you know, I did that for a few years. I was in a group private practice in California, loved it and uh, then started having kids and wanted to be home more. And so kind of pulled back on that and uh, went into some stuff with my church and working with youth. And um, but all through that that journey and then back around to business and mentoring, uh, being a, a person who is about freedom and walking with other people to, to see them walk out or live the freedom that they desire. It is just part of who I am. And so I've done some of that in the in the church world, the ministry setting, in the business world. But, uh, you know, for me, one of the great things um, a component of success, if you will, is what do you do no matter where you are, what your title is, uh, no matter who you're with, it's just something that that is who you are. And so freedom is one of my highest values. And and uh, so freedom coach just seemed like a like a, a great way to express the type of mentoring that I do. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. And I think you touched on something there that um, something I've really been actually diving into <clears throat> recently is values. You know, what yes. are one's values? What are my values? Mm -hmm. uh, really taking some time to deeply think about what they are and then mm -hmm. trying to operate. Because, of course, how you do anything is how you do everything. And always mm -hmm. trying to operate from a place of them values in everything I do, whether it be health, mm -hmm. wealth business relationships you know i think um a couple of the values i identified with the number one was integrity and honesty in everything i do and nice. i think easy to say 
not always easy to do particularly you know and i'm being honest as i say that funnily enough but it's when you first set the values it's like anything new you know you have to constantly remind yourself of the ways and the methods in which to do it and you have to constantly apply those methods but mm -hmm. it's uh, i think yeah having a having a set of values that are that really align with who you are truly mm -hmm. and, and then just sticking by them is um it's a great thing to do. Freedom is actually one that aligns with me very much. So, you know, I haven't always lived in Australia where I am now. I moved here five years ago. There's a great freedom in that for me, being able to move to another part of the world and create business and, and things like that. So, yeah, I think um, freedom is it's 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 such a privilege, really. And I think I'm sure you'd agree with me here, Kerry. It's something that a lot of us perhaps take for granted in, in the, the Western world. And we forget that sometimes a lot of people don't have freedom across the world. And in fact, I mean, it's been brought home. It's been brought home a lot to everyone lately where everyone's had their freedom taken away in some way and restricted, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a place where, uh, you know, there's the freedom on the larger scale. And then there's that place of personal freedom and, um, you know, where I am determining how free I am. And, uh, and of course, with the Lord, you know, he is the source of all freedom. And so, so for me, Jake, I love what you said about values, because they really do govern us. And my experience with my own self and with people I mentor is that most people have a very optimistic view of what their values are. But if we take a deep dive out down into how we're living our life, we often find that our opposing value or the like if freedom is my number one value, um, what is the opposite of that? And for me, that would be bondage or being stuck. And then you have to ask yourself, how much of my life am I living stuck versus am I living free? And am I actually more familiar with my opposing value than I am with what I say my value is. And that's where, of course, it gets super interesting and exciting because now I know where I'm digging down. Now I know where I'm going to hustle, to use your word. You know, this is where I have got to do the work because if a value isn't lived, it's really not owned. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. It takes an awful amount of self-awareness and... To, to get to that place of, okay, what are my values? And how have I perhaps not been aligning with them? And how have I perhaps been living in this is it in this place of bondage? And I think really that takes some some teaching. And of course, as I know, and I'm pretty sure you know, Kerry, and some of the people who are listening might know as well, that some things are taught and some things are caught. Some things are immediately taught to us um, in circumstances of emotional impact, you know, perhaps something like the loss of a loved one, um, some kind of traumatic event or accident, and then other things are, caught, uh, are taught through re repetition, you know, repetition and repeating the process the same again, and people find that a lot with, with faith faith and belief work, and of course with mindset work as well, and I think uh, particularly with the self-awareness stuff, you have to, I journal every day, and I find that that's how I increase my ability to be self-aware and mm -hmm. keep those keep those values values dialed in. And uh, look, some days I forget 
some days I forget and I'm like, ah, oh, I forgot to do it. But I always write <laughs> retrospectively the next day just oh, to make sure it's done. I was like, yeah. I'm going to make sure it's done every day this year, even if it's done the next day, it still gets yeah. done. That's a great yeah. habit. Way to go. Keep it a commitment to your commitment, right? Right. Absolutely. Mm. Mm. Now, let's get let's let's dial back into the business as a speaker, as a mentor, as a freedom coach. I'm sure over the years mm -hmm. you've come up against many challenges. And That's I'd true. love to know, you know, if you could share some of those with us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think uh, ultimately, I believe uh, challenge is rooted in fear. There's so many different kinds of fear. But, um, you know, you have the fear of the unknown, the fear of failure, the fear of success, the fear of what people think of you. And and uh, so when I talk uh, or when I think about or talk about overcoming challenges, really, for me, I think, I mean, just baseline is overcoming fear. And uh, I have two great stories that I, I typically share about that. If you like me to share them, Jake. So I, I, love, I love a good story. And so does the audience, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do too. So, um, oh, back in, oh gosh, I don't know, uh, 2001, 2002, I, I jumped into, I was doing some, wanted to be at home more and uh, have a strong entrepreneur bent to myself. And so I jumped into a network marketing company I was super excited about and uh, realized that even though I had already had a lot of experience um, speaking and working with, you know, people come to you. You know, they're uh, uh, they come to your to your place to hear you speak or they come and schedule a session with you as you know, as a counselor in a group practice. But I didn't have a lot of experience reaching out to people I didn't know at that point. And so uh, in this network marketing business, uh, having to contact people that I didn't know, I, I came up against a level of fear that I hadn't really experienced before around what do people think? Uh, about my motivation and um, I just trying to sell them something and and that was really uncomfortable for me And so I found myself calling people when I knew they wouldn't be home You know, it's like let me call when I know I get their voicemail and then they can just call me back And so I was putting myself back into a safe position of people come to me and I realized, you know this isn't leading to success and I realized that's fear and I uh, want to live my life in a way where I don't tolerate fear. And I'm not talking about a feeling. Uh, my definition of fear, it's a spirit. But uh, fear is not something that I want to tolerate in my life. So I don't check out wisdom, but I do want to live in such a way of what what's the truth behind that fear and how do I shift into like we were talking about living from a place of value and not tolerating fear. And so. Uh, I went, I enrolled in this leadership course, it was awesome. It was up in the Redwoods in California. And um, at this point, I should probably mention I had a lifelong fear of heights. And so, you know, not a roller coaster fan at that point. And uh, just, you know, avoided things that were high. I didn't even really like ladders. And um, so I get on this ropes course the last day of the leadership uh, week. And uh, as I realize what we're doing, Jake, there's like a 15 foot ladder that you have to climb in order to get to the bottom of a hill where there's a telephone pole. And then you climb to the top of the telephone pole and uh, you have to stand up, turn around and jump for a trapeze. And, you know, I mean, this made everyone uncomfortable, except maybe people like you who are high adventure people. But 
it made us uncomfortable. And I'm thinking there is no way. <laughs> I have to say at this point, I just, I'm sorry to go across you, but I have to say this. I used to have a, a huge fear of heights and I did a skydive and, and it purged it out, got rid of it. But um, no, I'm totally with you. Totally with you. But yeah. please do go. Yes, yes. So um, the instructor who was amazing said, you don't have to do this activity, but you do have to suit up. And so that, you know, put on the outfit, put on the harness, get all your the belts buckled or whatever. And you have to go touch the ladder before you decline. And there is something in me about declining. It would be one thing to say, oh, I don't want to participate in an activity, but to, to do all of that. So I thought, okay, I get the outfit on, I get the harness zipped in, checked all the buckles. I go over and I put my hand on the ladder and there was just something in me that would not say I decline. And yet I'd already postured my life around, I'm not gonna tolerate fear. But it, you know, to me, fear of heights was just this innocuous. And in that moment, I realized this thing's gotta go. And so um, I thought, you know what, I'll just climb the ladder and then I'll decline, that'd be something. And I get going up this ladder and there's like this war literally going on in the, in, on the inside of me. And I hear my inner voice screaming at me this phrase, this is not who you are. And uh, it, it was the craziest sensation. I had never had a mental war going on before. And so there's this deeper part of me that's like, I won't quit. I'm not going to do that. But I had disconnected from the rational part of me of what's going to happen when you get halfway up a telephone pole. Now you have to climb down backwards. And so that that struggle just kept going. But this deeper part of me that was like, I am not going to quit, took over. And so I climbed up the ladder. I transitioned to the telephone pole, rung after rung, got to the top. And if you've never been to the top of a telephone pole, <laughs> let me just share with you. There's nothing to hold on to. So you sort of have to cover your body <laughs> at the top of the telephone pole while you get your legs up on the very top rungs and then sort of leap up onto the top. And uh, all while not looking down. <laughs> Can you feel it in your stomach right about now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm at the top of that pole with you. <laughs> yeah, and then I realized that the trapeze I was supposed to jump to was behind me. Well, the top of a telephone pole is about the length of my foot. And so you have to shimmy <laughs> inch by inch uh, until you can turn your body all the way around and look at the trapeze. And there, just, there was just something on the inside of me. I think just the, the years of developing trust, of overcoming pain, of not tolerating fear brought me to this place, this defining moment. And I have a great picture of myself pushing up my sleeves because I thought if I'm jumping for this trapeze, I'm not missing. And I jumped through the air. There's a great picture of me just, you know, horizontal, grabbed the trapeze, screamed for all I was worth. They had to convince me to let go and let me down. But I thought, man, you know, you can't teach that. That is something that you have to experience. And when you do, you realize that courage, which is a, a very high value of mine, courage isn't about feeling. Ultimately, what you've decided is I'm choosing courage over the feeling of fear to get what I want. And so that was a, uh, I think fear 
across the line, across the board is, is the number one challenge. It has a lot of names and faces, but that was probably the biggest or most confrontational uh, experience I had around fear. And after that, it was really just a matter of applying what I learned that uh, fear is an obstacle and there's a way around it. And I'll use my values. I'll use my faith. So. Mm, I think that's a fantastic story and courage over fear every time. And what a way to learn that lesson. And I think, I think in reply, if you wouldn't mind me sharing a story back and I, and yeah. I really enjoys it too, because I, I was, I've been, I still do some plumbing, but it's not my main, uh, it's not my main earner these days, but being a plumber for 15 years anyway is the point I'm trying to make. And obviously in with that job, it involves climbing ladders and working at heights. And although I always used to do it, that was a part of the job I didn't enjoy. And I didn't, I would, I would go on roller coasters, but you would probably find me at the bar at the theme park first to be able to get the courage to go on them. Um, and so, but I, you know, I struggled to enjoy them really. And uh, then my friends bought me a surprise skydive for my birthday. And I was actually really excited and I was all about it by the time it came around. I managed to coax a friend of mine into it on the day, which worked out really well because he came along and didn't plan to be involved. I was meant to go first up in the morning because he was then involved. They had to shuffle everyone around, which meant we saw about six plane loads of people land and still be alive by the time they landed on the ground. It's really fortified our, our belief that everything was going to be fine that day. And actually, by the time we went up there and went up in the plane, I was totally relaxed and really enjoyed the experience. Uh, and then I'd, I'd voiced that it was my birthday, and, and he said, well, who would like to jump out first? And I said, yeah, I'll go first. I always like to lead the pack. Wow. First. And everything was fine. And he goes, if, if anyone's ever watching this who's done a skydive, you'll know, but if you're sat there in in the in the plane which is you know a couple of meters wide and and probably double that deep there's a set of traffic lights in front of you and he goes right okay when that light changes to green we're going to open the door and i just want you to stick your legs out and that was when things became quite real and uh, there was a big lump in my throat the line went the light went to green he opened the door i put my legs out and my legs i just hung my legs out and my legs just went Fum, like that and I was like oh what is going on here and it was like all cloudy so you couldn't really see outside and you couldn't really see below which I realized now afterwards was a blessing yes um, and then sure enough you know I was I had a bit of bravado in me I was laughing and joking with my mate and then I jumped out and the first thing I thought was oh my god what have I done like what on earth have I just done? Um, and I could, feel, I could literally feel the cloud, like the viscosity of the cloud and the thickness of it and the moisture of it on my face. And it got to, you know, when you have so much fear um, and anxiety in you, it got to a point where it was like, oh my God, what have I done? Fear, fear, fear. But then it just, it got to that much that my body just went, no, it's fine. I actually made peace with it within a couple of seconds. Uh, wow. And then I did that. The clouds cleared out and I could see, you know, it was a bright sunny day underneath that and I could see all the beach and everything below me. I did it here not far from Melbourne and it was just uh, just such a great experience. It completely mm -hmm. reset my head and completely ridded me of, of the fear of heights. And I think um, sometimes you have to go through experiences yeah. like that, you know, when everything inside you is telling you it's not what you want to do, it's not what you should do, 
you said it's not who you are this is not who i am well that might have been true of the old you but in fact you define who you are and all you really have is this present moment and the future you're willing to create for yourself you are not your past history your circumstances all the things that have happened to you so taking control of that and not living from a place of fear not living from a place of the outside in living from the inside out i think that's where there's a lot of uh, joy and happiness to be found in that I completely agree with you. And I, I think uh, I kind of operate from the premise that we were created to live a life that is different than most of us have lived thus far. And in order to live that life, um, you have to connect with overcoming and overcoming fear. And uh, until overcoming becomes a value, we just aren't living a life of fullness. And um, so I think ultimately, these opportunities that you find yourself in, you know, whether I'm on a leadership course, your friends give you a gift. Really, I, my language, Jake, would be that's the kindness of God to orchestrate circumstances in your life to give you opportunity to overcome. Because then you find out, like you found out this was worth it. But you never would have put yourself forward for something like that, right? Because we have this survival instinct. But when we have... Uh, circumstances that bring us into places of confrontation we get to choose something that we wouldn't choose on our own which is kind of like mentoring and coaching you know your coach will put you in situations you would never put yourself in even at the gym you know it's like those give me 10 more reps you would never do that if your coach wasn't there or you know not at the same level so i think it's a beautiful picture even of what mentoring and coaching can look like yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it's about pushing through and overcoming and you can apply that to all and any areas of your life. You know, most skills mm -hmm. I, I, I find are actually transferable from one thing to another, whether yes. it be in the health, wealth or relationship or business sector. So mm -hmm. they, are, they are transferable. I'm going to ask you another question about wins and triumphs in a minute. But before <laughs> I do that, I just want to give a shout out to Cordell Jeffers, who is actually from Birmingham back in England, same as me. And I can see he's listening there on the side. So Shout out to you, Cordell. Good to have you on board, and I hope you're enjoying the show. Kerry, tell us about some big wins and triumphs. I know you've been a minister for many years, in fact, a couple of decades, I think, if that's right, isn't it? Right. Yeah. And, of course, you've been in this space of teaching, speaking, mentoring. And, but there's, there's always moments that stick out for us over the years of, of great triumph and wins and, and times that we never forget. And when we think about them, they always make us smile. And I'd love for you to share some of those moments you cherish with, with us. Yeah, um, golly. I mean, on the one hand, it's like anytime you're sitting with someone or on Zoom or phone, you know, mentoring, and they have a breakthrough. I mean, it just, it feels like your breakthrough. You know, it's like you've been laboring with someone and they've crossed over. I mean, so I have some favorite moments there where I just felt like I watched people change. I feel like people met themselves. Um, there's just some pretty special moments. And uh, but I, I think um, other moments would be uh, there was a time uh, I was part of a, a ministry school years ago. And uh, I spent a year basically sitting with the students individually and mentoring and discipling and praying and you know whatever was needed to help them cross over into some places. And so it was a lot of um, ongoing work and uh, with a lot of different people who were all in the same community. It was a really rich time. 
And um, at the end of that, I looked back at the end of nine months and thought to myself, if I could do this over again, how could I help in this nine month space? How could I help people um, get there quicker and build a stronger foundation, create even more of what they were hoping for? And I realized uh, I needed some um, sort of dedicated time teaching with some Q&A. And so what I ended up doing is uh, going to the, the leaders of that ministry school and saying, hey, I'd like to add on this three hour piece, this certain morning of the week. And uh, this is what I'd like to do with these students. And um, because I feel like it would enrich everything that you're doing, it would enrich what the students are coming for. And if and, you know, they received that. And so I built out a, a nine month um, real specific mentoring program and and uh, had anywhere from I think it was 24 we started with and a couple years in there we had 60 some students at a time that we took through and the uh, and then we began having multi-generational where we had uh, parents and teens in the program together and so working not only on individual what they were wanting to uh, to see happen but in their relationships and so that to me was one of the most fun it was a real creative, innovative way to take a large group of people who had individual goals and dreams, and then to from you know from day one to hear what they were saying, and then at the end to celebrate with them as they were sort of graduating. Uh, that was a that was a real special triumph for me. And uh, we added a second year and a third year. We did all kinds of things, but those people saw tremendous growth. They're different people today, and it was my honor to to walk with them. So, mm. I think something that's rang rang true about everything you said there is transformation. You know, your mm -hmm. your real triumph is what you've seen is in is in transformation of people and being part of their journey and helping them guide them through it. Yes. I mean. As you said there, you know, sometimes you're working with people for a year, you know, I think mm -hmm. have to, sometimes we think transformation is going to take days, weeks, hours or, or you know, months. But in fact, it can take a lot longer than that. And yeah. you have to give it a lot of patience and persistence, I think. And it's, uh, it's great that there's people out you, like you out there that give people that space to mm -hmm. nurture that patience and persistence and transform because I think that's yeah. what, we're, we're in a constant constant state of motion, you know, notion of motion. We're, you know, our body is a molecular structure which is always vibrating at a high vibration and everything's moving and constantly changing as the world is around us, perhaps faster now than it ever has before. And I think part of accepting that is being willing to grow and transform and uh, you can, either can or you can't, you know, you don't have to, but I think life can be much better when you decide that you're going to. Yes, I agree. And I think it's, you know, there are there are people I, I see in mentoring ways that, uh, you know, may come for two or three or four sessions. And it's like, hey, I've got what I need to run. I'm, I'll circle back around. And others I see much more frequently. But it really just depends on what people are looking for and, and sort of almost like the assignment that they're under in their life right then. And uh, it's such a it's, it's a powerful thing to figure out what is the current assignment? What is the current goal? What do you need in order to cross over and to accomplish that? And uh, But it is so much fun when people circle back around. Okay, you know, I'm in this place. Now I want to go to this place. And and that's a, that's a joy as well. So, you know, people's triumphs become, it's like you're part of that. You know, you've, you've 
seen the transformation, you've experienced it with them, and then to have them circle back around, it's time to tackle something again. That's a great joy. So. Yeah, and it's it almost you could say, and this is this is obviously a segue. I've just thought of as we've been speaking that to transform <laughs> oneself, it would take a certain degree of hustle to do that. You know, and and hustle can of course be applied and defined in many different ways it's a transferable skill of course mm-hmm. that you can you know it's i'm hustling on myself i'm hustling on mm-hmm. my own self to become more aware of myself to transform myself to better myself as a human i'm actually you know people think our oh, hustle is all about business and you know some people have applied and connected with the streets and the hustle on the streets and um but i think you can definitely hustle within oneself to better oneself mm-hmm. but i would love to know kerry how, can you, how do you define that word hustle and what's driven your hunger for it over the years? Yeah, well, I tell you, I, I spent some time when I saw the title of your podcast. That's fascinating to me, just the whole, you know, hunger for the hustle. So um, I think early on, you know, so maybe more 15, 20 years ago, I would have defined hustle as vigor. I like that word, vigor. Mm-hmm. Right, well, I love that uh, when you're when you're crashing into a new place, it's helpful to have some updated vocabulary, updated language that resonates with you. And so, vigor. I remember uh, in network marketing and some business ventures as an entrepreneur. Vigor to me was I'm not going to be passive. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to do just the necessary job. I am going to vigor. You know, vigorously pursue. I'm going to vigorously attack this new skill or this this new assignment. And so to me, um, I, that was the first word I thought of when I saw hustle and I thought, ah, oh, I remember vigor. And I think that came out of a, a book I read on the power of focus, which was a great book. And then I think in more recent years, uh, hustle for me in a way, it's like focused desire because to me, nothing will People will sacrifice a lot. Uh, They'll sacrifice self-protection for desire. And when you get desire focused, uh, it's like vigor hustle happens, you know, and uh, you just remove a lot of constraint. And uh, so for me, um, when I can get in touch with what what is my real desire here and and as a believer, what what is God's desire for me that he's trying to sort of sheepdog me towards, uh, that produces a lot of movement for me. And I think it does for people, especially when your desires, um, you know, it's like there's a purification to those desires. And um, so I think that word, that will produce hustle for me. And I, I think for a lot of people is really figuring out instead of just going through the motions, instead of just doing what you think you need to do, instead of trying to create something, what is the desire here and how can we focus that? And uh, and then I, I think, too, I wanted to say, Jake, your word hunger, that is one of my favorite words. And so you put hunger for the hustle together. And and I, I just think if you're not hungry, you're not living. Well, I'm I'm all about that. We're sharing stories today back and forth, so I think it's only fitting that I tell the story of how the title of The Hunger for the Hustle actually came around. 
I want to know. I, I last year, you know, it was a quiet time and I'm someone who is not quiet and does not sit still <laughs> and is always up to something. And last year, I'd wanted to become someone who could project and use my voice to help others for a long time, uh, otherwise known as a public speaker. Yeah. I knew I wanted to do it. I knew I had the ability and the capacity to do it, but I knew I needed some coaching to do it. And... Mm -hmm. Les Brown, um, have you heard of Les Brown, the, the speaker? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Fantastic. So Les is someone I'd listened to for many, many years, um, probably four or five years up until that point. And I'd actually written a goal a couple of years earlier that uh, I wanted Les to be my mentor as a speaker, actually. Mm -hmm. he, he not only speaks, but he loves teaching other speakers, which I think is fantastic. And mm -hmm. I wrote the goal down and I'd uh, approached his team in some way. And at the time, it wasn't the the financial investment needed wasn't enterable for me of course last year opened up a lot of opportunities for a lot of people and a lot of people who are very busy like mr brown had a quieter schedule and was able to operate a one-to-many training operation instead of just a one-to-one -one, which is more affordable so that opportunity came up um worked with mr brown on a number of occasions on his power voice program and I was picked um, to actually be the first speaker to appear in the schedule for the inaugural Power Voice Summit. And I remember we had we were given the challenge of delivering a three, 10 and 15 minute speech. And I delivered him for three minutes. And he said afterwards, he goes, okay, Jake, what's, um, what's, tell me what's the title of your, of your speech? And I said, do you know, I don't know, Les. I was wondering, actually, could you could you help me with that? And he goes, okay. I could see you've been making some notes while I was speaking. And he goes, yes. And I, I'd said, I said actually in my speech that I'd always had the hunger for the hustle. And he goes, okay, uh, hunger for the hustle. And I was like, yes, that's it. Why didn't I think of that? Um, and, and that was it. You know, it spurred on from there. It became the title of the speech. The speech that was 15 minutes long that I produced at the Power Voice Summit and really, really enjoyed putting together and um, – I actually haven't delivered it since. It's about time I delivered it again, I think. But um, and then, yeah, and the podcast, and here we are, ninety-one hours later. And there's actually a book coming as well under the same title that um, about 30, 33 authors, but probably many, many more people working on that to make it come together. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. So it's a it's a great story, and it's it it's a great, a great piece of alliteration as well, isn't it? Hunger for the hustle. Yes. Yeah. And how many people could say Les Brown gave them the title for their project? That's awesome. Yeah, probably, probably not too many. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, there's certainly there's, the, the Power Voice program is still very much going and there's, it's producing some absolutely fantastic speakers. I've made so many friends and peers through it. And it's been really interesting, actually, because, of course, like me and you meeting today, you meet so many people virtually. And now I've got so many friends all over the world, and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to actually be able to get on a plane and go meet all these people. Particularly as a lot of them are high-energy, busy people, it's going to have to right. be a big room just to just to fit all that energy in there, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Kerry, I'd like to ask you, if you were to start in, in business tomorrow and you can apply this to perhaps your speaking, mentoring, or coaching, is there anything you would do drastically differently? You know, um, I think what I would do differently if I was starting all over again is I would start um, writing and making resources available sooner. 
I mean, we all have somebody who's mentored us from a distance, you know, whether it's Les Brown or Zig Ziglar or Bill Johnson or, you know, any anyone who you've read their books and you've heard their, you know, back in the day, the tapes, you know, you've, you've watched them, their podcasts, whatever it is, I think I would start making resources earlier. And uh, I have some things now. I have a, a children's curriculum that should be published this spring and some other products on my website and products that I'm still writing and working on. But I think just to be able to resource more than just the person in front of you sooner in my life, that is absolutely what I would do differently. And especially now, just with uh, even in this last year, how we're turning more and more to the internet and to Zoom things. And, and uh, it's really, again, a great trial that created this huge opportunity. And um, so that's for sure what I would do differently if I was, you know, I'd start that sooner. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. And on the subject of opportunity there, you know, an optimist is an opportunity in every calamity, whereas a pessimist is a calamity in every opportunity. And I think depending on how you, what kind of filter you look at this past kind of 12 to 18 months with is what kind of opportunities you pull out of that and then the actions you take to, to seize them opportunities because it's been a quiet time. Of course it has. It's been a quiet time for a lot of people, but it's led to some great things for a lot of people as well, I think. For sure. And, you know, that the endurance that um, I remember even back in March when I'm like, you know, my kids immediately were asking, you know, mom, how long do you think this is going to be? Is the world ever going to go back to normal? And, and I, without thinking, what came out of my mouth is no. And then I realized I didn't want to, I didn't want to produce fear. So we had a conversation around that. And it's like, you know, when you, when you look at opportunities uh, from the mindset of, um, so for me, questions I like to ask is, God, what are you after? What are you after in this situation? What are you after in me? What is it you want here? What do I need to see that that you see that I don't see yet? Because where you're aligning your focus, your energy um, is critical. And so, but again, it, it takes us right back to you can't be afraid. And you can feel afraid. I don't know that that ever shifts. <laughs> but I do think there's a place where who you are isn't who you feel or what you feel. And if you don't have that revelation, that is critical. That I can feel a certain way, but that doesn't mean I am that. I remember one time we were re, um, renovating our home. We were going to put it on the market and sell. And I was working with a bunch of contractors and who, you know, are amazing people, but sometimes their timing is their own, you know, <laughs> how long yes. it takes them to get back to you or show up. That's or, what you mean. <laughs> I, I, I am be guilty of that sometimes. Yes. <laughs> right. So, um, so I remember they were uh, doing something that involved basically make, me taking my entire master bedroom, you know, things off the walls, all the furniture covered, to the, to the middle of the room, they were going to read plaster or something. And, and um, so I did it, and then I, I never came. And then when they did, they were like, oh, we're so sorry, uh, we're not coming till tomorrow. And so, you know, the hour that it took me to do all that and then realizing if you don't come till tomorrow, I have to put it all back and then do all of this again tomorrow morning. And so, you know, for just a moment, you're tempted to be pretty offended at how 
you know, just a, you're disrespecting your time or whatnot. But, you know, I, I know to believe the best. That's that's the way to live. And I want people to believe the best about me when I've made a mistake. And, and so I, I was able to shift that part pretty quick. But I was still felt really annoyed. <laughs> And I sat there for a minute and uh, I'll just let you in on my inner conversation with the Lord in that moment. I was like, Lord, I am so frustrated. And the Lord said, are you, Carrie? Yeah, this is just the still small voice that you hear inside yourself. But, you know, I believe it's the Lord. And so I, uh, I'm like, what do you mean? I, I felt like the Lord said, are you frustrated? And I knew in that moment he was saying, are you the sum total of your feelings? Is that the base level that you're living at? And I, I paused for a minute and at the same time I'm thinking, but I am frustrated. So is it okay to say I'm not frustrated when I'm feeling frustrated? And in that moment, I really began to understand that I can feel frustrated in my soul, but I'm not going to align with that. And I felt like the Lord said to me, if you align with frustration, you're going to lose all your peace and have a really hard time hearing me today. Well, that made the decision for me. I am not going to align with frustration. And so in that moment, I said, Lord, I'm not frustrated. And I decided not to be frustrated. And it took about 20 minutes. And in that 20 minutes, everybody feels like a hypocrite. But it's determining that I am not my feelings. Praise God for emotion, right? I mean, it's like color, but it can't lead you. And until you determine that you're larger than they are and they need to follow you, you, you live a life that isn't uh, very free. So, yeah, it was a great lesson. Mm, that is a great lesson, isn't it? You know, taking some time to listen to that, that inner voice. And it's, of course, it's about perception again, you know. I'm not, yeah. I, I respect the fact that you're a, a religious person. I'm not a particularly religious person. So that voice and who I would align with, I, what identifies it is, would be like the universe for me. For some people, mm -hmm. it might be Buddha. It might be Allah. Some people might just say it's their intuition. But what, however you identify with it, listening to it is the key thing. You know, that voice is there for a reason. And it's there to teach you the lessons, you know, and the mm -hmm. fact that the mess, in fact, becomes the message and you can push away that inner voice mm -hmm. which many people do you know particularly when you're right. a little bit younger you push it away time and time again and you make bad decisions and you make mistakes but uh, mm -hmm. eventually hopefully <laughs> we get to a point where we start listening to it and we yes. we 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 act upon it instead of just pushing it away and being completely governed by our feelings and emotions yeah i mean that's how animals live you know mm. I mean, we don't want to live survival of the fittest. You know, we don't, we're, we're greater than that. And uh, there is, there is greatness inside. It's you were created. Um, I believe by a great God to be great. And so, but if we, if we live in sort of that place of instinct and emotion and urge, you know, we're, we're really not living at the level we were created to live. And so, so yeah, I think learning to master the emotion even while it still feels really strong is part of coming into maturity coming into adulthood and and hopefully you know if you're working with a mentor if someone's working with a mentor they're addressing some of that so that people can live in those higher planes so. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that excites me because it makes me think that i'm almost becoming an adult <laughs> <laughs> we're on our way 
it's exciting <laughs> and scary at the same time. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about, we've talked about goals, dreams, and uh, now we're going to add aspirations into that equation as well. You're someone mm -hmm. who, who really puts a plethora of work into helping other people transform. And no doubt, I'd imagine you're someone who writes goals down and, and goes after them with a whole lot of funnily enough. But um, would you like to, I'd love to hear some of kind of your goals, dreams and aspirations for the future of your of your coaching business. Yeah, I'll share some of those. So I already mentioned I'm finishing up a, uh, a lot of my goals right now connect to products or resources that I am finishing or producing uh, that are on, you know, either on my website or will be later this year. And so uh, for me, making that contribution, you know, having resources that outlive you, um, it's, it's like sowing into the next generations and wisdom, being able to, you know, not everybody has uh, someone in their life that can sit down with them and mentor them or they don't have access to, they don't know how to find the resources that they need. Uh, but I just, I'm just a huge believer in um, taking the life lessons, taking the wisdom and, and paying that forward. And so, uh, so my goal really this year is uh, largest goal is around creating resources. And some of that will be, um, you know, this, this children's material that I'm, I'm uh, should be published in March. Uh, I have some kingdom family is my language for it, but essentially, um, strengthening marriages and parent-child relationships, and that's on my website now. I'll be doing a little bit more with that. Um, and then I think, too, uh, uh, really helping people uh, who want to hear the voice of God know how to hear Him. So I actually have a, a free ebook on my website, it's on my homepage, just scroll down. And it's called Unclogging Your Ears to Hear God Speak. And it's just a nine page, it's a small little mini ebook, but it's uh, so many people from uh, different walks of life that really have a desire. Can it, you know, is it possible to hear God? Is it possible to, to commune with Him? Is it possible to, to hear what He's saying? And uh, so that was a resource that I uh, wrote earlier this year. It's actually a compilation of years. Um, but I just thought, you know, let me just lay some foundation. And then there's an activation in there, a prayer that you can pray to just any any place of, of being clogged from not believing that was possible. You can you can deal with that and activate in hearing the Lord. And so um, so I also have some upcoming coaching programs, one later this month, working with business people in achieving uh, some business goals and some others that have to do with uh, young families, parenting, so some sort of group uh, coaching. I've done quite a bit of that in the last three or four years. And so moving more of that onto Zoom to make it available to a wider audience. So those are sort of some of my goals and aspirations just around the corner is just essentially resourcing people to be able to, you know, live the life they were created to live, the life that they want to live. And so I'm super excited about that. I think that's awesome. You certainly have a lot going on there. And um, as if by magic, when you mention your website, all the links appeared it appeared for it in the comments there, and they will be <laughs> for anyone who wants to connect with Kerry or find out about any more of the exciting <coughs> things, plethora of things that she just mentioned. 
<laughs> Kerry, it's been so great to have you on the podcast. I've really enjoyed it. We are getting to the pointy end of the show. And as we do that, I would love to ask you a, a final question. And I'm sure there's going to be some real juice here for the audience. And if you have, <laughs> if you're a skipper, if you're a scroller, and you're listening back to this and you've, you've somehow ended up at 48 minutes in, you will need to rewind because this has been a fantastic <laughs> episode and we've touched on many, many different subjects. I think the core and the, and really I might even change the title of this podcast actually to transformation and triumph because that has really been what we've talked about a lot here today. So, you know, please give it a rewind if you're at this point. But Kerry, final question I would love to ask you is if you could give three hot tips and uh, one book recommendation to anyone that's watching this. And, you know, I, I would usually ask in the, in the sector of small business, and I hope I don't put too much pressure on you by changing the question on, on the moment here, but I'd love to ask three hot tips from you in, in the su subject of transformation. You know, anyone that's watching this, and we've all been through a lot lately. I don't care who you are. We've all been through it uh, in various different levels of someone who's not quite happy with where they're at and they'd like to transform who they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so asking tips on how to go about doing that. Is that what you're saying? Mm -hmm. Sorry, yeah, maybe I should. I gave a pretty pretty long <laughs> question there. I'll give you basically three hot tips for someone that wants to transform themselves. Yes. Yes, well, I'd be happy to answer that. Um, ultimately, I believe transformation is rooted in your belief system. And if we're going to change... Uh, who we are and our life experience, we're going to have to take a look at what do we believe. And, uh, you know, some of what we believe we are aware of. But oftentimes people that I sit down with and mentoring, what I see is they are in a place of um, it could be they feel stuck. They might say they're in pain or confused. I like the word lack because it's like there's something lacking or I have lack, I can't produce what I need. I'm not, I don't have what I need, so I'm lacking. And uh, when people uh, get into those places of lack, they will often reach out for mentoring. They're looking for transformation. And in those places, uh, ultimately, we need to take a look at your belief system. And uh, we need to take a look at are there uh, opposing values at work. Mm -hmm. We need to take a look at um, what is it that you really believe, and some of that you're not—you're probably not aware of. And so we we're going to involve the Lord in that. And uh, but once we get to those places of this is really the belief that's driving that, then we're going to do some work with that because there is truth that is available, and when you know how to dismantle. Uh, what is really propagating the, the need for transformation, the stuck place, we can displace that with truth and begin to build a new path to walk on. You know, learning is so important. We kind of live in a culture that doesn't always celebrate learning. But, you know, think about a toddler. You know, think about somebody, you know, a little one who's like 10, 11, 12, 13 months old, and they take a few steps and they fall down and they take a few steps and they fall down. And what do we say? Oh, they're walking and they're really not. They're stumbling. They're falling. They're they're not walking. But what are they doing? They're learning. And uh, and so I really think if someone is looking for transformation, uh, 
you know, go to my website. There's a free 30 minute consultation. I would love to talk with you about where are you? Where are you stuck? Where do you want to go? Or where do you think you want to go? Sometimes we even need help identifying where do I want to go? What destination am I after? And then let's take a look at uh, what needs to be dismantled, what needs to, to be inserted there for you to take a few steps, stumble, take a few more, and you're walking, you're running, and you're living a transformed life. So that's, uh, that's what I would encourage people to do. And like I said, there's a free 30-minute consultation on my website if you'd like to hear more and see if I would be a good fit for you to, uh, to walk that out. But I think in order to walk into transformation, it takes, it takes relationships, it takes people. Uh, my experience, most of the time, somewhere in that transformation journey, you're pointing to a significant relationship, somebody who uh, had a mentoring aspect in your life and uh, was coaching there with you. So I don't know if that's the three tips, Jake, but that would be my take on, you have to be willing to be honest. You know, um, I'm a truth teller, so uh, <laughs> if you can't embrace the truth, you're already stuck. But uh, definitely, you know, be seeking out uh, a mentor, be willing to look at the hard places, and be, have a hunger for the truth that won't be satisfied with anything less, and you will find transformation. Wonderful words, Kerry. Just wonderful words. I mean, I can't even break them down because there was so much, so much information packed <laughs> in that answer. It was, it was awesome. Kerry, you're you're a person who who makes others feel at peace. You certainly make me feel at peace today. Someone who even even through the camera on the screen just gives out uh, serenity, and I really really feel mm -hmm. that from. So thank you for your presence today, and thank you for spending your time with me. On, on the show I really do appreciate it and I hope you guys have learned a lot today because I'll tell you what I certainly have um, I just feel like I genuinely honestly feel like every episode gets better and better at the moment and I'm sure that as that is my belief the trend will continue as we move into you know a hundred episodes of this podcast which uh, there's going to start be some uh, some people with big big notoriety coming on the show I can tell you that not that you are not one Kerry but um, there's going to be some, uh, some some big things coming, that's for sure. But Great. my main point is that, sorry, Perry, what were you going to say? Oh, no, I was just excited for you. That's awesome. Yeah. But my, my main point was that I hope you've learned something, guys, and this show continues to grow and flow, but it does that because of you guys, the listeners, and I really appreciate you all listening on whatever platform you are listening. How can you help the show? Well, if you've enjoyed it, please give it a review, a like, a share, a comment, a subscribe. It would mean the world to me, and it means that even more people can listen and enjoy it. So thanks for that, guys. Stay hungry and keep hustling. <laughs>